Welcome to Dragon Talk. I am Greg Tito, and I am not joined by Shelley Mazanoble, which makes me very sad deep in my heart. She is off uh, doing a well-deserved vacation, and I am sad here by myself in a studio. I'm not really by myself. I have Pelham Green. Hi, Pelham. <laughs> Gotta have some back and, back and forth uh, going on in this, or else it just feels weird feels really weird, um, but I have a lot of fun stuff to talk about, so even though Shelly is not here, you will get excitement level times 25 because uh, we have an awesome interview uh, that we recorded actually a long time ago uh, with Stephen David Wark uh, from Ludia about an amazing game called Warriors of Waterdeep coming to your phones uh, if you don't live in Canada, uh, coming to your phones this spring. It's been out in Canada for a while doing uh, what they call in the mobile game biz a soft launch there and uh, doing really well. People are super excited about it. I, I really enjoy it. It's a game you play on your phone in which you uh, can attack and uh, set up your party uh, to uh, accomplish missions. It's kind of like a like a, um, a turn based strategy game uh, is kind of the best way to to, to think about it in, in a quick way. But Stephen David Work will talk more all about that over the course of the interview. But heads up, it was recorded last summer. So if there's any strangeness or weird references, we talk about uh, being at the stream of many eyes uh, a lot, if I recall correctly. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking of the stream of many eyes today, today, Dungeons and Dragons was able to announce the next event coming from us this spring, and it is called D&D Alive 2019, The Descent. Where are we descending to? I don't know. Where are we ascending up from? I don't know. But you're going to find that out on May 17th, 18th and 19th in Los Angeles at Line 204 Studios, the exact same place we did it, uh, we did the Stream of Many Eyes last year. We're bringing in um, a lot of the D&D community to celebrate everything that they do. It's pretty amazing. There will be a main stage for uh, the dissemination of all of the story that we will be announcing, the new storyline, the new adventure that's coming from Dungeons & Dragons this year. From the D&D team, as well as having some big old live entertainment uh, from, you know, folks you know from the D&D community who have played together for a long time, like Dice Camera Action, the, the Waffle Crew will be there. Um, we will also have Joe Manganello, Deborah Anwall, as well as a few other amazing people such as Matthew Lillard. Uh, he'll be there twofold. He'll be there as an entertainer as well as representing Beetle and Grimm's Pandemonium Warehouse, which is going to be uh, offering something really cool for this new adventure. Um, we have tons of partners uh, who are coming, including Hancello, who makes amazing jewelry, uh, WizKids, who makes the uh, miniatures, Ludia, the people who make Warriors of Waterdeep and uh, who we'll be talking to uh, during the interview segment today, will be there showing off Warriors of Waterdeep to everyone. Um, our friends at Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms, Neverwinter, uh, our friends at Roll20, uh, as well as... Um, one bookshelf. Um, I'm, I know I'm, I'm rattling this all off of memory. Uh, Fantasy Grounds is going to be there. Uh, there will also be um, Sirenscape. Ben Loons from Sirenscape is on board to do uh, some entertainment as well as recording some stuff that may pop up on a sound board that he is creating for the new adventure. There's just so much to go over. I can't do it all now, but you should get excited. Uh, we are going to have tickets go on sale on April 9th 
uh, around 10 a.m. Pacific time. The tickets there uh, for a three-day badge are uh, $300, and you get so much with that. What do you get? You get a uh, the chance to get the be in the live studio audience for the unveiling of the new adventure that will occur on Friday, uh, May 17th. Then you get the chance to play Dungeons & Dragons in a D&D epic uh, from the D&D Adventurers League team on Saturday or Sunday. There's going to be three sessions of that. Uh, you'll get to play for three hours uh, with 25 tables of people all playing Dungeons & Dragons, again, using uh, material and themes from the new adventure in an area that is all set up for uh, amazement, for a, an amazing experience. You're going to have lights, sound, costumes, all kinds of theatrical stuff uh, going on as you're playing in this Dungeons & Dragons game, uh, and it's, 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 it's going to be crazy. Um, then uh, in the other stage at uh, Line 204 Studios, there are going to be four small miniature studios with all of these amazing groups uh, that we've invited to uh, come and create and stream Dungeons & Dragons live play, interviews, whatever people want to make from the event uh, will all be streaming and created live in front of you. There will be windows for those of you uh, checking out the uh, vendor areas because that will also be in that room. So all those vendors I just listed out will be in an in-world area for you to explore. Tons of cosplayers, professional cosplayers which are there to provide a story if you so choose to engage with it. Um, if you go and interact with each one of the the, the costumed um, NPCs, for lack of a better word, uh, you'll get exclusive piece of loot uh, that you can only get if you complete that quest uh, that will be um, overarching the, the entire event. Uh, there will also be a chance for you to dress up uh, as, uh, in costume as well as interact with um, uh, all these the luminaries that we're bringing to the event uh, for signings, meet and greets, things like that. Uh, that's all that you get for uh, for that three day badge, uh, as well as a swag bag. That's going to be pretty pretty choice. There's going to be stuff in there you can't get anywhere else. Very exclusive uh, type stuff, uh, and it will also include a copy of Ghosts of Saltmarsh, which you'll get before anyone else does uh, for the price of that three day badge. So. Tickets will go on sale for that again on uh, Tuesday morning, uh, April 9th. Um, mark your calendars. It should be around 10 a.m. Pacific time. We'll shoot that live. There's going to be a limited number of them, so I would say jump in and buy them while you can. Uh, but uh, look back for DND, or look back at the website, dnd.wizards.com slash dndlive for more information about all the guests, all the stuff that will be going on, as well as ticketing information. It's going to be crazy. DND Live, The Descent. Um, also uh, noted, uh, as you will probably see a lot more of this image all over the place, uh, Fiona Staples, who we had on the Dragon Talk podcast uh, a few months ago, she created the artwork for this event, um, and I-, I love it. I can't believe uh, that we were able to work with uh, someone of her talents, and it really shows, and I love it. So there's a wallpaper for that image. If you want to download it, you can do it at that uh, website I mentioned. Um, it's going to be pretty great. So. All that fun stuff uh, is is on the docket. Of course, Goats of Saltmarsh uh, is also coming out. Um, and again, those folks who get the three-day badge will get a copy a little bit early before anyone else does. But for those of you who are waiting to purchase that from your friendly local game store, um, it is available on May 21st. Um, it, it, and it has a, enough for a campaign, uh, 1 through 12. Uh, all kinds of seafaring adventures uh, occur in that. And there's going to be two uh 
versions of the cover. One is an alternate cover you can only get in game stores. Features a Sahuigan at the cover, uh, snarling, uh, being very angry. Um, and the other one also has a fantastic piece of art uh, that is standard that you'll be able to get everywhere else uh, digitally and beyond. Uh, so look into that if you are um, uh, going to go out onto the sea uh, this season. Uh, oh, gosh, and there was another thing that we announced uh, at PAX East. Acquisitions Incorporated, the D&D sourcebook. It is a thing. It is out there. It is going to be amazing. Um, we worked with the uh, team of Jerry Holkins, Alyssa Grant, uh, and a whole bunch of other folks from the Penny Arcade team to create this book. Uh, it is published by Dungeons & Dragons, and it has so much stuff for you to delve into the madcap fun that is or, or has been on display uh, on PAX stages for the last 10 years. Um, can't wait for you all to get into it. Um, that one is popping on January 19th. Did I say January? I lied. It is June 19th. Who says January and June and gets those mixed up? That's me. Greg Tito does because he's real smart. Um, but yeah, look for that uh, in June. It is a fantastic book. Um, June 18th, uh, 224 pages. Uh, it gives DMs, players, all the options uh, to make it feel like you're playing in an Acquisitions Incorporated campaign. Um, and uh, we can't wait. It's available for, for pre-order now um, on uh, basically everywhere, uh, including D&D Beyond, Roll20, all of your online retailers, and of course at Penny Arcade itself. Uh, and if you do... I don't know if this is still available, but if you did get it in there early ordering uh, at Penny Arcade, you were able to get a green flame pin. Uh, I don't know how many exactly are left of that, but if you want to get into it, you better hurry up and get it soon. Well, I guess that's about all I can go over. Uh, I am uh, extremely missing Shelley, not only in this intro uh, and in the segment of Random Character Generator, which I'm about to go to, but then also the interview with Stephen David Work. Uh, I recorded by myself without any Shelley in the room, and that makes me very sad. But uh, what does make me happy is creating really fun random characters with... Kate Welch using D&D Beyond, and I can't wait to check it out. So why don't you guys give a listen uh, and maybe dance around to this amazing music for Random Character Generator. Welcome to a segment of Random Character Generator. Do you like how I try to say la or, but I didn't say it. It was totally no. different. Yep, you did. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined Same. by Kate Welch. Yeah, you are. Hi. Hi. How we, are need you? A, we need a theme song. We, we do have a theme song that Mr. Ryan Marth made for us. <gasps> it's amazing. And it is techno, which we heard just before this oh, segment. No, I did hear that. It's but good stuff, I meant right? for just for us. Just for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Okay. It's All right. uh, it's amazing. So, uh, th- welcome to Random Character Generator. This is where Kate and I uh, push the random button on D and D Beyond and come up with a third level character that we have no idea what it is going to be about until sure. we uh, press this button and then we look at the stats, we talk it through, and uh, we create a character live for your enjoyment. Yes, whether um, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, uh, you can you maybe use this character as an NPC going forward. Uh, we provide the stat blocks for people on uh, social media as well as in the show notes. Uh, so yeah, hopefully you can use all the fun stuff we come up with together for this one. So we're going to push the button now. Let's push it. And let's see what happens. Do we need a character name? Or it's going to make us a name. It's okay. gonna, yeah, it comes up with a name. This is a very, it's a thrilling 
loading animation. <laughs> it is the best, isn't okay. it? Okay. All right, we're going to view the character sheet. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Oh. Ooh, Bilhelm. Bilhelm. Oh, my God. It's a variant feral tiefling sorcerer. I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't know what a variant feral tiefling is. I don't either. I think it comes from uh, the... Um, Know, what is the best way to figure that out? Well, okay. as we do, let's talk through the stats. We'll, we'll make Pelham Google it for us. That's a good way. Well, yeah, we're on the D&D Beyond, so let's, let's, let's think about that as well. Um, but the stats, uh, high strength for a sorcerer. <laughs> Very strong. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Billum, Billum maybe um, had a, a different calling before he became a sorcerer, maybe kind of a bodybuilder type of, type of uh, a fella. Yeah. Um, or you know what? I think Billum, I'm saying Billum as a, a dude because of the word Bill, but maybe Billum's a lady. Billum could be a lady. Miss, mi, the, the luscious Miss, okay, so feral tieflings. Feral tieflings are uh, a variant. Okay. Um, oh, there. Feral tiefling traits. Okay, okay. Uh, so, intelligence score increases by one, dexterity okay. by two, uh, because, oh, because they're from, uh, in, they're infernal. Right. All tieflings are infernal. Right. Um, but I don't know with, the, okay, yeah, variant feral, got it. Okay. So, uh, some have traits that differ from those in the player's handbook. The dungeon master may permit the following variants for your tiefling character, although devil's tongue, hellfire, and winged are mutual exclusive. Okay, so feral means... We have a higher int and a higher dex, mm-hmm. and that replaces our ability score increased. Okay. And then your tiefling might not look like uh, the way the tieflings are described, so... Got it. Oh, and then, okay, so you can have uh, cat-like eyes, six fingers on each hand, Ooh. goat-like legs, cloven hoofs. Uh, so maybe being a little bit more devilish in their, uh, you know, kind of more standard appearance. Okay. Um, and then the variant tiefling has instead... Uh, you know, the vicious mockery cantrip. Mm-hmm. Ooh, all right. So okay. I really like that as a, as a fan mean, of the bards. You're real mean. Yeah. You're a mean guy. All right. Yeah. And so that, that is the one you of your... you have bat-like wings sprouting from your shoulder blades. Okay. Oh, right. And this is from oh, Sword is Coast from, Adventures. This is from Skag. Okay. Got it. So scroll back up. Sure. Or do you want to go to the character or scroll back up? I just want to see the... Yeah, keep, keep scrolling. Variant feral tiefling. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're, we're even hellisher than I think a normal, regular standard tiefling uh so hellisher we're we're hellisher uh, than we ever thought possible exactly okay so we got plus three strength this is a this is a strong a, a tough the, the muscles i think are uh rippling yes certainly yeah i think maybe the wings are made of muscles oh i like that like just like the, instead of wings it's biceps coming out coming out yeah and like, it's, and it's like actual big flexing yeah yeah, like like when it flies, when it flaps, it's just extra biceps. I love that that are, that are going. And going I love you had mentioned that you want you're thinking about this as a as a as a female identifying. Oh yes, tiefling, and I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, Miss Miss Billum has got muscles for days, and that's that's not a metaphor. It's, <laughs> it's actually several yeah, days later lo- that you will still find more muscles. You're going to find more muscles if you keep looking. <laughs> um, also, quite dexterous, which uh, perhaps is. Um, I, I've I've always heard that football players. Do practice ballet yeah. in order to be very like live and and do their cool flips and turns. Right. So maybe this is this is part of her her training. Yeah. She she has like uh, maybe she she wanted to be a ballet dancer, but 
perhaps um, didn't find her calling there. Interesting. Um, so she's got she's she's a uh, she's. Uh, maybe was raised rich. Maybe her her rich parents. Although we haven't gotten the background yet. Yes, right. Let's let's, let's do that. Okay. Let's find that before uh, I start down this road. Ooh. All right. So, um, urban bounty hunter. Whoa. Is the background. Okay. Uh, which I love. Uh, nice. I love the idea of 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 uh, you know having some you know ranger esque type uh, qualities, but only for those in an urban setting. Totally. Yeah. Okay. You're to the ground is the feature there, so that means your frequent contact. Uh, with people uh, who might be able to tell you some things about who you're fighting or who, what your bounties are. Okay. So uh, she's she's uh, a hunter, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's going to be um, associated with the criminal underbelly. Yeah. Um, and she's she's got contacts. She's got friends in low places. Ooh. Low places. Low places. Okay. Where do you think, uh, based on that, where do you think Billum hails from? It's gonna be like a Neverwinter or a Waterdeep, right? Okay. Like a big city. Yeah. Like with the 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 big old New York cities of Faerun, in my opinion. That makes sense to me. Um, um, and then how does uh, so? Yeah. Then where does her uh, tiefling characteristics? Uh, although, although. Yeah. Uh, she might be good. She might be a good Baldur's Gate. I got Baldur's Gate on the brain, obviously, because I've been playing Baldur's Gate right. in uh, Welch's Game Juice. Um, but I I know that uh, Baldur's Gate. The way we've described it here in in the office is kind of a seedier Gotham type of place. Yeah, if if you're thinking Waterdeep is the metropolis, then yes. Baldur's Gate is right. The is Gotham. Gotham. Yeah. So let's let's put her in Baldur's Gate. Maybe she's not from there, but maybe that's that's, that's where, where she she's ended at. up. Yeah, that's where, she, where she's at right now. Got it. She, her, she's hunted her quarry unto unto Baldur's Gate. I like that. It has eluded her. All right, and then her muscles for days uh, kind of fit in there. Yeah, I mean Baldur's Gate has all types. Right. They've seen muscly feral tieflings before with their muscle wings. Yeah, Lady Bil- sure. Lady Bilham is no no different there. <laughs> uh, all right, I like that a lot. Okay. Uh, skills. Uh, she's got deception, although she's oh. not a charismatic character, which is unfortunate <laughs> since that's her spell casting. Uh, yeah, that sucks. It's yeah. So yeah, we, we haven't even touched on the fact that she's a sorcerer. By yes. the way, like we need to get into that. But let's let's go through her proficiencies. Yeah, exactly. So she's she's got the deception. She's got insight uh, as as a trained proficiency. Oh, she's right. got persuasion. Uh, the only one that really matches up for her stats is stealth, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, which she has a has a plus four uh, to the roll, which isn't even that quite high. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, because she's only got a plus two, and then her, her yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, she she may be all right. Let's let's try to go into this. Yeah, she's not charismatic, but she knows this this uh, this lifestyle change into being a sorcerer is relatively recent. She's only level three, right? Right. And she realized a little too late, like being a sorcerer means I gotta I gotta have more charisma than I do. And although I have no base charisma, I will put my proficiencies inexplicably into several charisma based things because I think that'll help me. I don't know. I don't know. She's she's um what's her int? Her int is plus, plus one. two. Oh I'm sorry, yes, plus yeah, two. So she is smart too. She's smart. Okay. So she's mm, maybe a little too smart to be doing uh this late stage career change, but uh that means that something else has forced her into it. Oh, and here's another fascinating thing because of her sorcerer, uh her Origin is draconic bloodline for a white dragon. Whoa. Okay. How, yeah. Okay. 
All right, and she can speak and speak, read, and write draconic, and she doubles her proficiency bonus for charisma checks involving dragons. Okay. Oh. I have it. I think I have an idea. I like this. So I think she's undercover. Mm. I think that she is a rogue agent, um, and she's undercover, and she has to infiltrate a a sect of sorcerers, um, and that the they she knows that this sect of sorcerers is some kind of dragon wor- worshiping cult. Mm-hmm. But that explains why she's just recently, like with all those muscle wings, she has decided like I got to do this because she's she's tracking her urban bounty hunter quarry inside of this sorcerer's cult. Oh, interesting. And okay. it's, her, it's her unique background as a white dragon ancestor um, that allows her to be such a an excellent uh, uh, w- like sneaky mole inside of this sorcerer's cult. Interesting. All right. Uh, white dragons, too, are uh, an odd choice, though, because they, they are the muscly, kind of brutish, mm. you know, not necessarily, you know, uh, uh, being able to outsmart their opponents so much as other dragons. So I... Right. I, Maybe that makes... that That's what makes her so special. Yeah. Right? Like, she's she's unusually intelligent for a white dragon to, to have a white dragon ancestor. And so... Yeah. Is it, is it the type of thing where she's lost in the role a little bit? Like, Maybe. Like she yeah. thought I was just going to be participating in this sorceress cult, but then she actually received yeah. power and doesn't understand it. Totally. Quite yet. What's her, um, her, her pact? Do we, do we know? Oh, because she's not a warlock. She's oh, right, right. She's, sorcerer, so, sorcerer, the sorcerer. Sorcerer. I was, so the I'm white dragon is I'm the, on like that warlock tangent. I know, right? now it's going dark in my head. It's like, oh, it's got to be. Where can it come from, right? now? So okay, cool, cool. So she's already got like the, the devilish background from, from who she is. And then she's tapped into this white dragon power line that she didn't even know existed. Okay. As she was investigating or trying to find a quarry. Nice. I like that. Okay. Summarizing nice. where we are. Okay. Um, she's in Baldur's Gate. Yep. She's um, got a uh, crossbow. Um, a dagger, darts, quarterstaff, and a sling. She's w- she's very well equipped. Yes, weapon wise. Right. Um, and do we know what weapons she's proficient? Are those those are her, her proficiencies? Her proficiencies. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah, they are. They are. They are. Okay. And she's pro- proficient with her dice set and her thieves tools. Again, some gaming sets for for this character. I like it. Yeah, dice set. So she's a she's a rambler and a gambler. Mm-hmm. And, a, um, and she's probably she's roguey. Right, so the thieves' tools probably come into. So she's got that high stealth um, and pretty good decks. So the the thieves' tools must come into play when she's doing like her sneaking around inside of these headquarters, and she's trying to find clues as to to where this person. Maybe she doesn't even know who the person is. Maybe she just knows that it's one of these many sorcerers inside of this cult. Yeah, um, and she has to figure out which one. I like that a lot, um, and she's good at it. All right, so and she's able to kind of get through. Uh, spells wise, uh, mm. she's got uh, blade ward, booming blade, control flames, firebolt, and I love vicious mockery. I love I love vicious mockery. So you were excited about vicious mockery. What what character element does that lend her in your mind? I feel like she doesn't take any shit. Like she is, mm. she's one of those kind of characters. She's used to being uh, an outcast to a certain extent, and so with uh, when she's put in a situation that's like you're not really who you are or anything like that, she's able to throw it right back in their face and be like, "No, you're you know, you call me out, I'm calling you out." Right? Yeah. Situation. What's uh? What is her? Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot here for a second. I like it. What does her like when she uses vicious mockery? 
what what does she sound like? Like what what kind of language mm. does she does she like get mean and low, or does she get like I am a, a lady Billum and you shall not make fun of me in public? I think I'm getting a um kind of like a Brienne of Tarth vibe a little bit. Oh, so I like that. So she's used to being you know, uh, uh, different from being, you know, the muscle-bound character that she is, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, she doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, I mean, even though she is smart, she's not charismatic. So she's not someone to uh, not necessarily have a lot of wit okay. to her. Yeah. So her vicious mockery is more intimidation and saying, I can beat you to a pulp. I like that. She's Yeah, she is strong. She could possibly also use intimidation. Sometimes really smart people um, use uh, their intelligence, sorry, their intelligence, uh, as a as a weapon, yeah. So she could be like, um, uh, y- "You may think that this is true, but also here's the the twelve books that I read about it, and uh, let me throw some facts at you." Oh, about so like a Goodwill Hunting a, kind of like how you totally, like them apples? Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So she can she could just like you get a thirty hour lecture about you know something unrelated, and then she'd come around and you'd be like, "And that is why you dwarf are uh, not a valid." renter of this apartment or whatever she <laughs> whatever she's trying Tenant. To, like, yeah, yeah she's throwing out her her crappy roommate or something all right but if you read so and so from this passage right, you yes. know, verse 17 you would know but you don't because <laughs> yeah i like that yes okay yes. cool yeah she's good what other does she have any interesting equipment or anything i don't know how much this i don't think equipment it gets added to the okay. random thing i okay. think they, they want people to kit them out like that so okay. um cool. and then uh, the description is also kind of up to us uh, as, as far as that goes. Got it. Okay. Creatures. She doesn't have any creatures yet, but maybe she Not will yet. eventually. Not yet. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I, f- I feel like this this character She's came together cool. really, yeah. really awesomely. Yeah. Uh, the last thing, you know, obviously Bill Him, Bill Him is a, is a good name, but do you, do you want to change that up in any no, way? No, I love Bill Him because she's an urban bounty hunter. And so um, when she she gets some kind of missive, when she gets an assignment and she completes it, I like to think that she like she, <laughs> she can bill him later. She can bill him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that. Uh, well, I, I, you kind of already put on her, her voice for a little bit, but is that is that how you think she she speaks? Um, no, that's a little too lordly. Mm. She's she's feral. She the the word feral to me feels like she was like raised in the streets. I know she doesn't have like an urchin background or anything, but. The idea that she's an urban bounty hunter, like she's been in the streets. I kind of, kind of think she talks like this. Like she got kind of a New York thing, you know. She's been raised in the city. Yeah. This is a terrible accent. I'm sorry. I um, like it. I apologize. But she's trying to put it on. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. That's like she just has a, a normal. Like maybe she was a little shy, this like little rug rat urchin when she was a kid. But yeah, now she's like, oh, I'm tough. I'm tough. You're not gonna mess with me. Whatever the New York version of Baldur's Gate accent is. I have no idea what that is. That's pretty tough sounding. Work, uh, we'll, we'll work it's workshopping that. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, one other question that just popped in my mind: What do you think about uh, her 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 uh, parentage? You know, like wh- wh- does oh. she know about them, or was she an orphan, or does she? Uh, it, you know, is that something that she'll be trying to find? Um, maybe I that's don't why know. she's finding she's in the sorcerers. Maybe, maybe that's possible. There's, I, I'm always I'm very conscious of the fact that parents are an endangered species mm. in Dungeons and Dragons. And so <laughs> whenever one has the opportunity to have parents, it's kind of cool. Um, so, uh, cause everyone's an orphan. Is that everyone's what you're saying? An orphan. Yeah. You're always an orphan. Cause it's a, it's an easy way to, to have like a plot is that like my, my parents were killed by 
a, a wolf the size of a town, yeah. you know? And so then, let's go against type. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that. what, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, no, I think she was raised lovingly. <laughs> like maybe they didn't have everything, but she had, she had loving parents. They died of natural causes. And she's like, well, I got to make money for myself now. So um, bill them. Bill them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, were her were her parents, um, you know, devilish in any way, or were they? It would have to be right. I, I mean, it's up to uh, up to you. Well, so I I'm not up to I I don't have my player's handbook with me, but tieflings are uh, like you can the have product the, uh, of an infernal love affair, right? Of some kind, but they could also uh, have that bloodline like, that was dormant in them, and then. You know, it, it, mm. it could be uh, something. Oh, I didn't even realize that there was devilish blood in in this, uh. and it's kind of oh, this it, you know uh, recessive gene type thing. Like oh, this match actually you know exhibited all of these traits. Now she's got a lot of traits, so maybe that doesn't quite sure. fit. So maybe she does have uh, uh, you know devils being a, a closer part of her thing, or maybe a cambion or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I don't have any particular. Ideas about it. Yeah. What about you? Well, I like the plot idea of like going maybe one day to go into the Nine Hells to confront a, an, an arch devil that is their parent or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's classic. That's pretty classic, right? What if it's like her grandparent? Yeah. Right? Or or something. Like it's – she had she had a pretty standard parents um, who raised her even – you know, she was a feral little tiefling and, and they, they were like, oh, well, she's our feral tiefling, so we're going to take care of her. But – uh, there was this like contract that our family signed three generations ago and it, you know, it was with Despater. And so, yeah, you got that going on too. Um, maybe think about that. Maybe, I guess if it's, if she's white dragon, then, um, maybe, maybe it's more draconic. Maybe she's got a tie to Tiamat or something. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it really is though. It makes me feel like, oh gosh, now I want, I want, uh, uh, you know, uh, a scion of Tiamat to be to be Bilham. Hell yeah, 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 that'd be fun. Um, I think that she's uh, perhaps like in, in her childhood, Tiamat was whispering to her um, as she she would always hear these voices, and uh, she knows that she has to confront Tiamat. Maybe she doesn't understand that it is Tiamat who's whispering to her, but she knows that she has to find her way into Avernus um, mm. and confront this voice. And that when she when she finally does confront it, she realizes it's coming from Tiamat, which is rough. Oh, that's tough stuff. Yeah, I like that. This is okay. Like this is where she, where she will end up. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm crafting her whole narrative. Her arc whole here. arc at yeah. this point. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And that probably this sorceress cult that she's been sent to infiltrate the the uh, I'm I'm betting that behind the scenes, Tiamat has uh it has has machinated this like she's she's the one pulling the strings yeah so that um the the person the person that that bilham has to confront is also an agent of tiamat who gives her like the next scavenger hunt clue um that leads her down to to avernus where tiamat will, will, oh, okay. will like, and invite her into the fold what if um what if her grandparents gave her that that lead yeah right like somehow Ooh. like oh now go to Baldur's gate and find x and give them right this. yeah and then they'll set you on like they'll, they'll like don't worry this person will set you up with a career 
Right. Like they're just going to, they're your networking hookup. <laughs> Old friends. You can be an urban bounty hunter in Baldur's Gate. Like you've always wanted yep, to be. Yep, yeah. Just in the dreams, little po- posters up on her wall when she's a kid. <laughs> All the famous urban yeah. bounty There's hunters. So many. There's so many. So many. Like boy bands in the yeah. play oh, room. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe it was that. It was, but her parents knew, her, her sorry, her grandparents knew that, uh, that this was going to be, maybe they're even in league with Tiamat. They were, they were like these kindly people in her life and, and, but they were, they were worshipers of Tiamat and they, they knew that that was like verboten. So, but, and they were also like, she needs to find her own way there. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll give her a little nudge in this direction. And then she gets sent off on a, a variety of hijinks to, to find her way to Tiamat. And that works for me. Um, all right. Do, do you think you can do like a, a 60 second, like overview of everything we just, we just talked oh, about sure. as, yeah. as, as, uh, as what, uh, Bilhelm is all about? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Bilhelm is a level three feral tiefling sorcerer. Um, she has only recently become a sorcerer because she's infiltrating a sorceress cult. She's been given, um, a target that she's hunting down inside this cult cause she's an urban bounty hunter. The cult is hiding out in Baldur's Gate. Um, and she is about to discover a clue that will eventually lead her to find her own uh, heritage as a, as a, an offspring of, of Tiamat or one of Tiamat's servants. And what does she look like and sound like? She is very big. I think she's like seven feet tall. Ooh. And she's blue. She's a white dragon ancestor, but like she's blue with like white marbling, you know, very, Ooh. very attractive. I like that. Um, and she's got big muscles, big leg muscles, big arm muscles. And then her wings are also a pair of arms with big muscles. Um, and she wears, but she wears a big robe over everything because she's really into the sorcerer role. She's doing, she's doing it up. And when she talks. When she talks. <laughs> I gotta make you when do it again. Ta- when she talks, it sounds like this is actually a very easy voice for me to do because I'm sick. <laughs> when she talks, it sounds like this. It's very, it's it's gruff. Uh, I'm looking for Tiamat. Yeah, I'm looking. Um, my name's my name's not Billum because if I told you my real name, that would be a dumb thing for a bounty hunter to do. <laughs> that's that's her catchphrase. <laughs> and I'm not dumb like the rest of you suckers. No, I'm very smart. I got a plus two to my intelligence. <laughs> Don't underestimate me. <laughs> awesome. All right. I love Billum. I want to play Billum. Uh, Billum sounds awesome. Yeah. Billum's entering yeah. my game. This is fun. Yeah. I love doing this. <laughs> let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> uh, Kate, where can people ask you questions about Billum's voice and how you, <laughs> it, you were inspired? You can find me on Twitter at Kate Welch. <laughs> Good luck spelling it. It's Kate Welch with four H's at the end. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, can't wait for our next random character generator. Woo! Lots of fun. Thanks, Greg. Gosh, that is amazing listening to uh, me and Kate Welch make a character together uh, using D&D Beyond. If you want to check out that character, please go ahead and check out the 
show notes, uh, which are at dnd.wizards.com. Check on the uh, Dragon Talk tab, and you'll have all of our episodes listed there. Um, we have lots of bios for all the people that have been coming through our interviews, as well as links now to the random characters that we talk about that you could potentially use as NPCs or as PCs uh, in your game. Uh, so go ahead and do that if you are interested. I love creating new characters with Kate Welch, and I can't wait to do more going forward uh, and rolling the digital dice with her. All right, now it is time to listen to the interview we recorded with Stephen David Wark. Uh, I say we, but it was actually just me uh, talking to Stephen uh, back in uh, summer of the 2018. It was a while back, uh, but it's totally relevant because we talk all about what makes Warriors of Waterdeep cool um, and uh, we get you prepped for when it will have its worldwide launch this spring. Uh, and uh, while Stephen David Wark had fun at the stream of many eyes, he's going to have even more fun at D&D Live. 2019 The Descent. So check it out if you can uh, listening to this interview right now. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Dragon Talk. Here I am alone. I am Greg Tito uh, and I am joined uh, by Stephen David Wark, right? That's your middle name? Is that how you go by? That's the middle name, but uh, you know Steve is uh, the better way to go. Steve? Over, uh, Over dice and whatnot. (laughs) <laughs> that makes total sense. I know it's so people have uh, whether it's a PH or a VEN. Uh, there's 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 a lot of Steve's question marks out there. <laughs> Absolutely, it's even more fun in uh, in uh, Montreal where I'm based because you have the uh, French and English. You have the Steve, Stephen, Stefan. Oh yes, of Steve course. Steve is universal, so that's how uh, that's how I roll. Nice. All right. Well, we're changing it on the fly. We actually got your name now as <laughs> Steve underneath. Perfect. <laughs> Shout out to Pelham Green for for rolling with the punches. I love it. Uh, but you are a uh, lead designer on a little game called Warriors of Waterdeep. Is that correct? That is uh, almost entirely correct. I am a lead designer. Ah. I'm not uh, the lead designer. It's a big game with a big team. So uh, I'm the one that pops on screen to uh, to say hello to everybody. I'm uh, a, a lead designer at Ludia, and uh, I'm a narrative designer and a brand manager on this project. But I work with a team of one, two, four, five, uh, four other designers. That's awesome. Five, you count our, um, yeah, five other designers. I forgot the analytics squad, which is super important. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially for a, for a mobile game, uh, uh, for that type of thing. So, yeah, like, uh, why don't you give us the quick overview of what Warriors of Waterdeep is all about? I've been telling fans about it uh, here, uh, but it's always good to hear it from uh, the designer slash producer slash uh, a producer, you know, producer's <laughs> mouth. So uh, Warriors of Waterdeep is, uh, is, is a mobile squad-based uh, dungeon crawler. You have a party of uh, four characters that you pick from a larger roster. You uh, outfit them with the uh, the appropriate magical gear that you've collected over the course of your play, and then you uh, you go dungeon crawling. You have uh, individual chapter missions as part of a larger story. Are you going to uh, you know clear out uh, a not so abandoned dwarven mine? Are you going to uh, climb atop a mountain and get rid of the hobgoblins that seem to have uh, set up camp there and uh you can do that acquire more gear to improve your heroes and then do these uh do these challenges where you do sort of an endless mode or a gauntlet run uh trying to see how many rooms you can clear uh with no healing potions or anything of the kind so you know you want to beat your uh, your own high score oh so there are healing potions in the game but it's it's the, these gauntlet modes are ones that uh you have to do it without well, no, there's no. There are healing effects that are tied in with the characters, but there's nothing. Uh, there's there's nothing exactly like a healing 
like a okay. healing potion. But you bring your cleric or, you know, your barbarian rages and heals a little, heals herself a little bit. There are ways that you can, uh, in the story mode, you know, stretch out your, uh, your adventuring day, so to speak. So you're, it's, it's party-based. You have to recruit heroes into your party? That's right. You start off with two. And then uh, as you gain, ex- and in fact, you, uh, you know, sort of on behalf of uh, uh, Laryl Silverhand, because uh, she's the one who gives you the uh, gives you the missions, who sets you on your uh, on your course. Mm-hmm. As your um, as your heroes level up, as you gain uh, renown in Waterdeep, then you have the right to recruit more heroes. The usual party size is four. Uh, you get to four fairly quickly over the course of the game, uh, but you get to choose. You're always offered a choice of uh, two or three characters at a time, and you go, "Oh, do I want?" Uh, you know, Rika the half-orc barbarian, do I want Sarvin the dragonborn ranger to join my uh, pre-existing uh, cleric and, uh, and wizard party? Or is there something else that comes up? So you get, uh, you, you get, to, you get to be in charge of what, uh, what goes on. So you'll have like a, 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 you know, say 10 characters to choose from, but then you, uh, you, know, you only go with the four that you want for this mission. Exactly. That the, and sort of over the long run of the game, and we have a long list of characters that we plan on introducing over the over the course of the project. Right. Uh, so uh, right now, uh, while we're in an open beta in Canada, we have seven characters that are available, and more that are on uh, that are on the way. Our three D artists are uh, busy sculpting <laughs> and getting everything uh, up and running. That is always the thing, right? You got to get it into the art. That's awesome. Uh, so you said so it's an open. This team. Oh, I bet. Um, so you mentioned there's open beta uh, in Canada right now. Uh, how's that? How's that going? How are how are players responding? Players are responding uh, in great volume and great detail. They are really enjoying the game and sticking around uh, to come back day after day. The game is set up to uh, you know be playable on a bus ride. You have maybe you know like a ten minute session, but the, our, our our players right now are stringing many ten minute sessions together to really because they really want to get to uh, they really want to get their fill of um, of uh, dungeon crawling and, and and fighting along this uh, along this application. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. They give us great feedback. Uh, we're listening to it all, whether it's comments across the Twitter feed or uh, the Facebook page or direct emails. Um, they go to our website and, uh, and and send us feedback right off there. That's uh, we collect it all, we read it all, and then it helps us, you know, make sure we're uh, shaping things in the right direction. And uh, you know, we mentioned all the analytics uh, for a uh, a mobile game like this. It seems like that is how you'll be able to get feedback, uh, uh, even more curtail it to be like, well, hey, you know, people might not say, hey, I didn't like this feature or something like that, you know, uh, but you can see that actually happening and how many people are, are interacting with it. Yeah, that's the, that's the really the, the great thing about working in mobile games. I've worked in uh, video games for, uh, uh, it's coming up on 16 years now, and mobile games, at least you get this direct feedback when you, if players go so far and then drop, you can, you know, look at the next day analytics or the next week's analytics and kind of figure out where and why that happened. Mm-hmm. As, uh, you know, if you just made, put a game uh, and burned it onto a CD, you'd never really know after that. You just have to wait for reviews or uh, people uh, writing on message boards or game FAQs or whatever. Right, which but can be very qualitative. It's, like, it's that, That's more qualitative, but, like, you know, you don't get that kind of quantitative feel from that kind of data. 
you know? Exactly, exactly. When we and when we uh, when we push updates, you know, that happens all live, and then we get to see if there's you know a, a decent uptick in the things that we're looking at because we want people to come back, we want people to play a lot, we want uh, people to be really happy with their spending choices and really feel like that's uh, that's going well for them. So we look at these things really closely. We've got. Uh, uh, weekly reports and then daily meetings looking at all this stuff. It's pretty cool. That is really cool. And you know what? I, I think, you know, there's probably some people out there being like, oh, that doesn't sound, you know, that similar to how my tabletop game goes. But essentially, it is the dungeon master reading the room, right? You're basically seeing what people are enjoying yeah. in your game around the table. And you're, you know, any good dungeon master uh, will, will, will see that feedback. And some of that is, you know, spoken out loud and have someone being like, oh, I wish we were doing this instead of, you know, this or, 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 but there's also that, all that, uh, uh, you know, uh, nonverbal feedback that people get from, from around the table. And any, as I said, any good dungeon master will be like, oh, okay, that person doesn't seem as gauged. Let me see if I can engage them a little bit more. And that's essentially what you guys are doing. Just writ on a much larger scale, right? <laughs> yeah. It's an, on a, on a different scheme. Maybe it's time to have an event. Maybe it's time to have a sale. Maybe it's time to give, you know, double XP when you fight with a dwarf all kinds of ways to you know tweak uh, how people uh, engage with the game and see what they do yeah exactly that sounds pretty cool uh i uh i applaud your dungeon mastering over such a wide swath of the population <laughs> thank you yeah it's uh it's uh, it's uh, pretty awesome it's fun to read all the uh, all the feedback and get the uh, and also see the complaints about people you know saying what when is it going to be out in, uh worldwide when is it going to be out and different platforms it's uh there's a lot of interest in yeah that's in the game. those are good problems to have when people are like when yeah. can i find out more about what the game is and i want to play it uh very cool well uh so have you 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 mentioned i think in your uh bio you sent over that you've been playing dungeons and dragons for 25 years if not more oh way more than that i was actually bad at math it's been uh 35, 35 years since i cracked open my first uh, player's handbook it was a cousin's you know, on summer vacation, I look at this thing and wow. And I wrote my first letter to TSR when I was 11 going, <laughs> hey, this Deities and Demigods book. Uh, one copy has Cthulhu in it. One copy doesn't, but you left him in the credits. What's the deal? And they wrote back. And that level of, you know, engagement. Uh, I love that. Uh, entertained and irritated by uh, my elementary school teachers and just, you know, kept me going. That's the... <laughs> That's the hobby. What was your? Uh, I, were were you were you only reading the books, or did you start playing uh, with your with with peers at that time? Yeah, I started playing. Started playing with my brother. We set up, you know, the uh, the lunch hour library D and D clubs. Uh, I didn't read the rules super carefully. I just saw there were 18s and 19s in the ability scores, and I saw 20 sided dice. So I started using that for character generation. All kinds of things went sideways, but it was pretty. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty uh, memorable, and uh, yeah. You know, I, and, then you, and I mixed basic and advanced. This was back in the day. I didn't know any better. So it just, it all worked. <laughs> <laughs> we hear that a lot from people who uh, uh, picked up the game kind of early on is that, you know, we didn't really know how to play, but we did it anyway. Or like we figured out how to, how to make it work based on the people that we knew and everything that was there. So uh, exactly. that's part of the fun of the game, I think, at that point is, is experimenting and, and figuring out which, how, to, how, to, how to do storytelling in that way. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's always fun to, you know, uh, find a group or find somebody uh, who will just, you know, hand your character sheet going, okay, well, this is you. You're going to be, this is a ranger. This is how it works. Be the best version of that you can be. And then you're just, you're flying with right. it. It's, uh, it's uh, pretty entertaining. Awesome. Uh, I also just love that this game is set in Waterdeep when we're, uh, so many of our players are going to be jumping into that city too. 
that is uh, that's fantastic. I mean, Waterdeep is such a we we wanted to find really you know uh, you know the New York City of uh, the Forgotten Realms. It's so fun to have everything based in there. There's so many uh, uh, strong signature characters. Your your home base in the in the game is the Yawning Portal. So you've got Durnan looking sternly over at you over, the, <laughs> over his bar. You uh, may from time to time uh, have interactions. Uh, Menu-based interactions. I don't want to oversell uh, with uh, with uh, with Mert. Laryl gives you your quests, and then you have this story. We have you know um, as you go through this uh, multi-chapter story. Currently, we've got uh, three chapters in the game, and then more of that's coming out in the updates. And we're uh, you know seeing which bits uh, are the most uh, well received everywhere. Honestly, I think menu-based interactions with Mert is probably the best kind of interactions you're going to get with him. <laughs> It might be the safest. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> might be the only way he won't swindle you out of uh, all of your gold. Exactly. Uh, did you get it when you were at the uh, stream of Many Eyes down in L.A.? Uh, I was. Did you get a chance to hang out with uh, Chris Lindsay as Mert? Uh, not at, not as. Uh, I passed by the table. He was he was pretty busy. Elminster was there, so there was a lot going on, and there was, <laughs> uh, you know, and he's got a very intimidating mustache, so it was kind of hard to you know see in. But uh, I did. Uh, I did manage to talk to Durnham and show him on the magical device what he might have looked like in, uh, in our world and uh, got a little picture in picture. He still charged me full price for the drinks, though. I thought that was, what? wow, probably in character. Oh, man. We got to talk to Rudy about that. That's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that, that stream of many eyes was a fantastic experience, and it was great to have. Uh, we had a working build that we were able to, and it wasn't uh, geolocked. Uh, so I was able to show people live and really get uh, a sense of what the feedback would be. And, you know, uh, the first time an owlbear swipes, uh, knocks you halfway across the battlefield, it really gets people's attention. Their eyes light up. It was uh, it was uh, uh, fun to get that personal interaction. Metrics are cool and all that. But when you get that, you know, over the shoulder, ah, uh, reaction, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. And uh, I love how this game, too, is all about, uh, you know, tactics and figuring out what's the best uh, way to solve a problem uh, uh, in, in, on the battlefield in a way, uh, right? I mean, is that, is, that, is that how you guys are approaching the design? Yeah, that's how we approach the design. We didn't want to do something where it was sort of, uh, there's, a, there's a light puzzle element, but we didn't want to have it to be like an absolute must-have uh, magic bullet solution. You will mm. never pass this level if you do not bring the Warlock. Uh, maybe the Warlock is your best playstyle choice. Maybe over all the gear that you collect for each of your heroes, you have something that works really well with uh, curses and debuffs, and that's how you're going to win. Other people, by the luck of the draw and their personal playstyles, want to, uh, uh, you know, boost their uh, boost their damage stats, and they won't they won't have a lot of health, but they'll hit for a lot, and then they'll manage their time that way. So, and that's and in terms of the written feedback that we've gotten, that people seem to really uh, really enjoy that part. You know, you. You get to uh, really put on your thinking cap and 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 figure out what's the best thing you can do with the uh, with the choices that you've uh, that you've made mm -hmm. to that point. So that's a lot of fun. And uh, you know, I think uh, the goal was to try to get you to, um, um, to to emulate a little bit the tabletop experience, right? Where oh, that I had this big plan, but I rolled really bad. <laughs> 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 or the sa you know the saving throw just didn't didn't break my way. So uh, what can I do now? Is it do I do I charge? Do I move backwards? Do I hope that uh, the wizard bails me out? There's uh, lots of stuff like that. I love that. Uh, and there's there's some like branching uh, things in the tunnel right as well. So there is some choice for the player. Is that true? There, 
Yeah, the way it's set up is uh, you uh, you go through room through room, and you have to clear the room, and then uh, in between you have um, you have a tr- you have a, a left right choice, and we give you clues that sort of a, uh, acquire meaning as you keep playing the game. So you'll learn to recognize uh, you know the symbols as part of the monster types. Of course, we you know we don't hide this information from you. If you looked at the tool tips on the monsters that you were fighting, you'd realize you'd recognize that uh, oh yeah, all the humanoids have this type of symbol, and all the uh, all the giants have this type of symbol. But also, there's a little bit of a read aloud, giving you a little bit of mood setting about what kind of monsters you can expect. Mm. There won't. Uh, they won't only be that type of monster coming up ahead because we don't want to give away everything. But you'll uh, recognize that, oh, you know, when it's uh, when I hear a lot of focus on chewing, maybe those are ghouls. Maybe I should. Maybe I hate ghouls. Maybe I think ghouls are easy to beat. And then you'll make your choices uh, that way. And I'm sure there's going to be players who are going to be like, oh, I'm I have a cleric and a paladin, so I'm set up for for fighting undead a little bit better. So we'll go that way, or or you know other ways uh, where you know, I, uh, crowd control with my wizard or something like that might be better. So I'll go this way. Exactly, exactly. Or you know if you uh, if you uh, have a little bit of arachnophobia, <laughs> you <laughs> might want to avoid. You might want to avoid. Uh, recognize all the uh, all the spider signs that are around. You might want to avoid Seattle in the next few months. It's, <laughs> it's already spider season. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, it usually is like September, October, but I swear I walked out of my house today and I got like three uh, oh. strands of, of uh, spider web in my face and I was like touched by Lulth all, all morning. Oh man, you know your tourist board keeps that off the brochures. <laughs> <laughs> they do, they do. I don't think people realize just quite how spider... It makes there be less mosquitoes. There's less bugs in, in the Seattle area, I think probably because of that, but... You know, fair fair trade. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, spiders don't usually go out and bite you generally, but usually, usually. (laughs) not in a way that makes you slap your wrist anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So are there are there uh, trips down into uh, uh, the the underdark where you might see some some spiders in, in this game? Yeah, we've uh, we, there's some cave spiders, and there is a trip to the Underdark that's uh, being integrated. Where even though we're in an o- open beta, we're still updating the game, right, based on feedback. So yeah. it's you know uh, as good a place to announce it as any, really. That the uh, the next update, which is you know coming beginning of August, uh, will include a trip to parts of the Underdark, which is an enormous place filled with a variety, and I. There are things that can be done. If uh, a couple of our fans have already uh, gone through most of the content, so they've already had little hints about which bits uh, we're going uh, we're going down and how we're going to look at it. But there's a lot to uh, there's a lot of world to cover. So uh, we'll do a little bit now, and maybe we'll do a little bit later. It all depends how uh, how things go. And how does the the kind of release schedule or or the, or the idea of uh, the continuing story of Warriors Waterdeep? Uh, pan out for you. What, what's, what's your plans there? How much can you talk about uh, now? Uh, about not as much as not as much as I would like. We have a, uh, a loosely quarterly update schedule, but if people want more characters than places, well, then maybe we'd adjust. I mean, this is where the metrics, uh, oh, metrics yeah. come in, right? Uh, if people really want uh, specific places, if we know, you know, uh, in, in discussions with you and uh, at, at, at Wizards, what's coming up. Maybe that'll determine what, where the next place we go <laughs> is, because it's kind of cool to keep it all, you know, loosely in that ever popular present, right? I had I had fun dropping a couple of uh, you know Storm King's Thunder hints here and there in the script for people that would that would uh, could pick it up, and 
it'd be nice to uh, it's always fun to keep that uh, keep all those options open for sure right and I think that's what the beauty of uh, all the D&D lore is is that you can hint at pretty much you know any story in the last uh, uh, you know 200 that you've been going through that have been awesome uh, <laughs> to be like oh what if we go there what if we go somewhere like that uh, that's that's awesome there's a, there's a lot to, to, to mine for a game like this there um, is oh my goodness so much stuff and so many sources too, right? I mean, some of the characters uh, come from, some of the characters are invented, some of the characters came from the comic book, right? Sarvin, well, he went from two lines in Sword King's Thunder and then, you know, was featured character in the comic books. And it's fun to uh, watch these characters uh, grow in other media. <laughs> or, yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. It's that whole transmedia idea, right? Where you're <laughs> like, oh, here's this thing that's really interesting. And then, you know, here's Boba Fett. People like Boba Fett. So let's have a whole comics books about him. Or, you know, that, that, uh, people love that. So uh, yeah. I do too. And I like, I like ha- being in the know as well. Exactly. Exactly. It's fun to keep track. So are you playing in the uh, D&D uh, you know, weekly sessions now? What's... Yeah, we have a, we have a we have a weekly game. It's been going on. Uh, we used to have tw- uh, twice weekly, and then uh, well, the work picks up. So it's once uh, it's it's uh, once a week. We're playing through uh, Storm King's uh, Storm King's Thunder, nice. and uh, that's a lot of fun. I've been doing it for um, thirty four sessions. So it's been basically a year and a half. Wow! All right. We've been doing so, uh, you know, a group, of, a group of six of us, and we're just playing it. And so I read. Ju- I have to promise the GM, right? I read just enough. For my job. <laughs> <laughs> Although on uh, on uh, Wednesday's game uh, on, a, on our game last week, uh, I knew he mentioned something, and I knew something that I wasn't supposed to know. So I looked him dead in the eye and I said, "History check. Make me roll a history check." <laughs> and uh, thankfully, I got uh, I rolled an eighteen, so it was okay. I was allowed to know the thing that I knew. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What if you had failed? You'd have been like, "I don't know nothing. I hear I nothing." Know. And I'm tapping it out in Morse code on the table. <laughs> Everyone getting ready to use the Slack channel after work. Right. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just That's saying fun. we should look for this thing. What uh, what kind of character are you playing? Uh, I'm playing a uh, tiefling paladin named Mercy. Oh. I it's weird. Uh, I, I usually don't know how to play my characters until I get some kind of enchanted item, preferably cursed or intelligent, and then it, <laughs> all of a sudden things snap into focus. So um, an old campaign I played in, I was didn't know what to do until I got a um, uh, I got a sword of vengeance, and then I went a little crazy, and it was great. For uh, for mercy, I got this uh, uh, early on in the campaign. I got this uh, battle axe that was sort of infused with the the ghost of the mayor of the first town that we that we liberated, and mm-hmm. I decided that I would be uh, very interested in uh, urban renewal and urban mm-hmm. politics and making sure that uh, the infrastructure, you know, was supported uh, goodness, because that's how we made, anyways, I just started riffing on that, and that's thanks to this axe, <laughs> defending population seemed really easy to me as a thing to conceptualize. So the giants come in and take our granaries, well, let's let's stop that. <laughs> and then let's help the hill giants with their food pop, with their food problem. And then it, the rest of the party stares at me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's not very many, uh, uh, gods of infrastructure in, uh, in D&D. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody can dream, have aspirations. It's important to know. I am the goddess of, of, uh, government spending. 
It, uh, it helps that my girlfriend is a building inspector, so I'm just used to hearing her talk about all these infrastructure things, so it just sort of pops up going, oh my goodness, the drainage is not to code, da 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 da, da. I, I, I actually love that kind of stuff because it makes, you know, I mean, uh, heroic fantasy can sometimes hand wave the fact that there's like a working civilization that you're yeah. a part of, right? And I love the kind of simulation type games where you're like, all right, well, we have to interact with the local magistrates. We have to interact with the, with the peasantry or, you know, or things that make it feel very real because if, what are you questing for if, if not to make your civilization run better? Exactly. It's, 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 this is the piece that's being preserved, right? So you want, you want to improve it at, uh, at that level. It makes for fun, uh, fun little side encounters, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I, I, one of my favorite characters was a, 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 a theater producer who was going oh. around... He was like he was an adventurer, but he was basically like, "All right, I'm doing research on which uh, uh, towns would be the best to take my my theater troupe when we go on tour next year, or something like that." <laughs> you know, and then oh, if I save you know the local uh, uh, you know pig that's you know tra- trapped in a well or something like that, well then they're going to buy tickets to go see my show when I come back here next year. Absolutely, right. <laughs> The name recognition, that's a great, also it's a great cover story. I love it. It is a good cover story, right? Because there were so <laughs> many traveling, you know, troops and troubadours and bards of that time. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, I just like the idea of a working theater person being in a D&D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of showman, uh, you know, show business spells in there, right? You know, prestidigitation. Yeah. You could do a lot of stuff with that. Uh, uh, an invisible servant in the right place at the right time. Can uh, can have all kinds of uh, all kinds of fun effects. I mean, not to mention just all the illusion spells that you have, right? You can basically, yeah. you know, produce an entire movie uh, or you know a, a, that kind of level of quality in illusions if you yeah. wanted to, right? That's like your You're little around. animation studio that you've got in spells. <laughs> That's my next character. It'll be uh, Pixaro. <laughs> Pix- <laughs> Hold on, writing it down now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you'll dungeon master that one. So, do you? Uh, so, you're a player in this campaign. Are you? Uh, have you been a dungeon master before? Do you like that role? I've been a dungeon master. Uh, you know, back in back in the high school days, where it was you know very fly by the seat of your pants, and I would roll dice to figure out which page of the monster manual I would turn to, and that would be the encounter. Yeah. That would be. Uh, of late, uh, I've been you know the 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 DM dad. So I've got my kids. Uh, and uh, my stepkids playing in uh, an annual summertime D and D game, and it started off as just a terrible way to teach them math. <laughs> they would roll. I would set. They have their figures and play this map. I had the old uh, three point five players kits. You know the big square boxes with the dragons in it. Yeah. So they, they took their miniatures, and I simplified the character sheet. And I just, anytime they wanted to fight, I just made them roll a dice and made them uh, add seventeen to it. And if they got it right on the first time, first try, they hit. And if not, well. It took a couple of tries, and then we—that's how we worked it out. And it's expanded over um, over the years since then. But yeah, we still have these little like note paper uh, plot lines uh, for our Heroes of Kingdomland uh, campaign, and that's how that uh, <laughs> that's how that works. So they started off when they were six, and they've and uh, you know now they're uh, closer to twelve or fifteen. So that's how that uh, that's how that's gone. What, what was it? Heroes of Hero Land? Uh, Heroes of Kingdom Land. Kingdom Land. <laughs> Kingdom Land. I went, oh, man. You know, straight, straight into the point. <laughs> what, what's the capital of Kingdom Land? Is it Kingdom Landberg? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think it was Castle. I think it was Castle King, actually. I think that's what we decided. That Castle we King. <laughs> Castle King. That's, oh, who lives there? The king lives there. In his uh, castle. Uh, yeah. 
I no need that. for a fancy address there. You just know. <laughs> yeah, you just know. You're like, yeah, just send just all my packages Amazon Prime that way. Okay, good. Uh, it's a, yeah, it, all <laughs> <out>. <laughs> it all works out that way. That's super cool. I love. I mean, I asked because you know I have my kids too, and I basically did the same thing you did, where I, I gave them a character, but it was you know a couple of numbers written down on a sheet, and I had them roll a die, and it was like, all right, that's you know above ten, you you, you succeeded, you know, yep. and uh, uh, kept them busy that way for a few minutes before they <laughs> moved on to something else. <laughs> yeah, the kids uh, the kids really look forward to it. It's uh, it's you know the summertime tradition, although they've been multi-purposing the uh, the figures and the and, and you know the library of, of game books that I've got. Uh, so they're trying to draw comics based off of it, or oh. they're using all the miniatures to play. They taught themselves how to play poker and they were gambling with orcs. Nice. Three uh, orcs was worth a troll. And I'm having this horrible flashback to when I practiced, when I had the, um, uh, the first edition dungeon master's guide, right? There was that appendix for casino games. Yeah. At the end. Thank you. Thank you. Gary Gygax for <laughs> lists of everything that you can do with herbs and everything that you can do with, uh, with dice and poker cards right. there, <laughs> in this game. And, uh, yeah, the, the wheel keeps turning. The kids, uh, they found <laughs> that and they're like, we're so, running with it. Yeah. Yeah. They're running. That's cool. And they're like, does this poker hand be that poker hand? I'm like, I sure. <laughs> Let's look it up in the book and off they go. Nice. I, uh, I, I always thought that casinos in the D&D universe should use polyhedral dice as their, their gaming no item, right? So I, I think I, I designed a little like blackjack type game that used dice uh, uh, as it was, you know, as you get in higher in variable. So, as, you know, you start off with a 1D4 and then you place bets on when you're going to uh, break 2021, 20, I think is what I still was using. Oh, fun. Okay. Right? And then it gets, you know, you, you, you bid like, all right, I'm going to bid this to add a D20 to it. And then you're all right, well, like, that could break you pretty easily, or you might get lucky and roll roll low. Yeah, yeah oh, that sounds uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, a fun I, little detail to put in. I needed play testing more. I don't think I quite gave it the rigorous play testing <laughs> that it should have gotten. Uh, and maybe just because I was winning all the money, so it didn't matter. Well, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it, just, it just came off. You know, the first experience was perfect. That's how you. <laughs> that's how you go. Every game designer has that experience, right? Where you're like, oh, done. Never have yeah. to tweak it again. Yeah. I want everything. Although my personal rule is, uh, I have to be bad at the game for me to know that it's kind of done. Oh, okay. Like I like I like like people are like, oh, you made the game. Of course you know how to win. I'm like, no, I don't. There's so much more stuff to learn. Uh, either when I was doing uh, making strategy games or working on uh, you know competitive card games or or, or 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 things like that. Like you want the system to, uh, for lack of a better term, to be varied and healthy and have a lot of. Um, and have a lot of uh, potential for surprise. If there's only one way to do everything, well, then that's you know was for me less uh, less interesting. So it's fun to be surprised by what uh, by what happens at the table or on the device. I think that's the I mean the tenet of good game design is that there's no one way to win. There's there's multiple paths to victory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And uh, and uh, and every game provokes a story because. Even if there's not a story, you know, baked into the game, the story is you talking to your friends about what happened in this game that you were playing right. and how, you know, by by circumstance, things worked out this way. And you had this um, and you had this uh, surprising, unforeseen event. And it turned out to be pretty uh, it turned out to be pretty awesome. Right. You're like you ordinarily this decision I made would have been terrible. But because, you know, the dice favored me or, or whatever RNG happened and this, you know, yeah. that ends up being such a great, better story because it. Should not have occurred, but it did, and that's what makes games fun. Yeah, we had to run with that. Uh, there was one um, uh, in the other office campaign. There was a scenario where I was, I think, I think an elven ranger, and I was in dis- I was disguised as an orc, um, 
no, I was disguised as a something ogreish. I didn't speak. I didn't speak orc. But fortunately, um, uh, the person who I was leading in as a pretend prisoner uh, had telepathy and did speak orc. So he was feed, listening and feeding me lines. So I had to roll. He had to roll bluff, and I had to roll performance to see if I could, you know, articulate and lip sync correctly and, and, and make this these sounds come out right. We happened to roll exactly the same number with our checks, which the the DM decided was, uh, you know, a massive success and we didn't have to do it anymore. We were just, you know, we were just in sync that way, which is, you know, pure random lunacy, but it was a lot of, uh, it made for a memorable uh, afternoon session. That is pretty cool. So when you were in sync, were you Justin Timberlake or were you <laughs> one of the other members of the band that I don't remember? <laughs> Who are the other ones? Who are the other ones? Joey. 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 <laughs> That's La- it. Lance Bass. There we go. Hold on. <laughs> That's three Oop. out of five. There's more. There's gotta, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just imagine you were Justin Timberlake, right? There, or, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Absolutely. Because you were the performer. You were the one who was, who was uh, 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 having to take all the telepathy and, and, and put it out there. And uh, had to lip sync. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what Dragon Talk is known for, is throwing shade at <laughs> Justin Timberlake go. and pop stars. <laughs> Everybody call up Rolling Stone. Uh, that's super cool. So, I mean, do you ever use some of that, uh, surprise and, and delight type of, uh, uh, moments, uh, or, you know, do you try to make the framework for that to happen within a game like Warriors of Waterdeep? And how do you, how do you do that? Well, I mean, so, uh, there's, there are, there are random chances to hit and there are random chances every time the character moves or, uh, uh, makes an attack that there might be a bonus effect that would happen. Uh, so there are chances to have critical hits with you know extra damage, critical misses. What I find when you're playing is you you live in anticipation for the animation to go through, and you're like, oh, thank goodness I was you know at such a short uh, health bar, but the but the Etten missed. Right. I get more turn. That's fantastic. Uh, so these things happen naturally in the game, and I've you know I have uh, complained to the system designers completely self-interestedly going if it would if I could not lose to four consecutive critical hits from the ogres that would be great we arrange for that to happen and I'm told no because that's just the way that works uh, but right, I know random it, number generator means random number it could random, be you know it's too important to be left to chance though <laughs> <laughs> we have to script everything from now on <laughs> yeah you know we've all done it behind the screen if it Maybe. maybe you're, like, but, me. you're like, but I'm on the team, so can you just put in a code that so I don't get four crits in a row? Everybody else can. Everybody else could be fine, but, you know, we open this with our thumbprints. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> there can be personal code for me. Uh, so that kind of stuff happens. And people tell these stories that, you know, oh, if it wasn't for, you know, one unfortunate miss versus a boss or uh, thank goodness I got that, um, that extra effect and the damage dealt you know, double. That's what uh, that's what got me over the hump and into the next chapter. Right. And people uh, do talk about it. We uh, we don't um, uh, we don't contribute to sort of the online chatter. Like we we keep we keep a break, but we keep our our, our uh, virtual ears to the ground. We see things that uh, pop up on Reddit. We see things pop up on uh, on Discord. Uh, and the like, and people, or you know, on our Facebook page, and people talk about those those moments, these uh, mm-hmm. these uh, improbable things, and and uh, it's it's fun to see that if it wasn't for you know giving a buff at the right time, they might not have made it uh, through the chapter, and they're really pleased with it. That's a you know, it's a signature moment, and it helps um, uh, drive their interest, and they come back the next day. 
yeah, because that that's, that, that's that feels like you're you're able to play the game the way D D is supposed to be played, right? Like, you know, you're gonna get that bad hit and have your, you know, important party member, you know, be on the ground. But if you are able to have the prep you know, you prepped and had the cleric ready and then he's got the spell that he can do it, and that just feels like even though it was a, a net bad and that someone was, you know, unconscious in the game, it feels like you were prepared and able to to beat the the the, the bad guy by having the right stuff prepared. Yeah, yeah, you have the the right. You brought the right inventory uh, into uh, into play with you. That's the goal. Yeah, and uh, so we you know we're always we never 100 percent sure that we got it right, but that's always what we're aiming for and we're refining to make sure that uh, it comes out that way. Have so. you been seeing a lot of people uh, play it the way you described, or it's like they 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 you know pick it out, uh, you know pick up their phone while they're in a queue for something, or 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 you know just the downtime of other you know normal motions and times where you'll be looking at your phone so you're on the elevator and stuff like that are people able to to get a few minutes of fun dnd play in people are able to get a few minutes of uh, dnd fun now so the people that i see are you know along my route so they're you know colleagues who play uh not because we asked them to but because they were eagerly awaiting to it it's it's fun so people not on the team but people on our uh you know like on our jurassic world team or uh, the other projects that we have at ludia yeah but uh you know uh you know we've we've met uh i'm a tall guy so i'm always looking at people's phones on the subway <laughs> what are they playing what are they playing and one day it's going to be one of mine or one of ours and i'll be you know and you'd be like, oh, by the I way. I won't say anything because I'm, you know, I'll be polite about it, but I'll be like, yes. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, that was a very American thing. I was like, oh, I'd be like, by the way, I, I, I designed yeah. that game. But as a Canadian, to be like, oh, no, I would never say. <laughs> I would just, you know, glow a little. That's <laughs> I, would I would just smile a little bit on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what's the uh, uh, schedule for the next uh, couple of months for you guys. Schedule for the next. So uh, this open beta, you know, it's a it's a big game with a lot of variables. So it's uh, stretching out for, uh, you know, through the rest of the year as we uh, have regular updates for, um, uh, well, obviously bug fixes. I mean, you know, it wasn't perfect the first time it, uh, it uh, you know, hit the, hit the Google Play Store. But, um, you know, more content to test, uh, more characters uh, to play with. Uh, features get adjusted on the fly because uh, even in our uh, initial batch of numbers, we can see, you know, now we can look at trends and and and, and uh, try some stuff out in this space. So, you know, we're we're still we're still going to be in uh, in soft launch, uh, you know, for the pretty much the rest of the year, and then we go world and then you know share the fun, share the joy with everybody. That should be so fun! I can't wait. Yeah, I think I'm going to move. I love watching people play the game. It was so hard not talking about it. And then, you know, waiting for, uh, you know, you, then when the game was announced, just waiting to get it, you know, out there distributed and then start getting that feedback. You know, you want to, you made this thing, you hope that it, uh, you hope that people have as much fun with it as uh, you had uh, making it. And you want to see that it's, uh, you know, it's a viable thing. And, you know, thank goodness it's uh, been pretty well received so far. So we want to keep that going. That's good. That's good. I can't wait for the uh, for the wide release. Uh, for uh, so you're thinking 2018 for that? Is that what you're saying? Uh, very late or early 2019 or very early 2019. That's what we're we're looking at. Sweet. It's depends on how everything uh, how everything comes together. Cool. You know, the feedback that we get and how the new features are received and and all that. It's. Uh, I wish I could be like firmly declare this date but uh, there's a lot of variables that does not work in uh, uh any kind of game development whether it's tabletop uh pen and paper or uh digital <laughs> any any kind of hard schedules are very hard to come by for yep. sure 
Uh, well, how can people find out about it now uh, other than moving to Canada so that they can play it? Well, uh, I mean, please move to Canada so you can play or get yourself a Canadian uh, Google Play Store. It's really viable and it's, uh, oh, it's a little hot now, I got to say. But uh, we have uh, our website, warriorsofwaterdeep.com, where we're uh, taking uh, pre-registrations. So they'll, we'll email you when the game is launched uh, wide. And if you pre-register, we'll be um, uh, giving out at the wide release a, a lateral silver hand gift pack. Uh, we, you know, use the metaphor of, uh, of the card packs and the treasure chest to sort of, you know, tie the market together. So as a, as a thank you for pre-registering, you'll get a, a little something there. Uh, we have social media pages that, uh, you know, are increasingly uh, active on, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, variations of Warriors of Waterdeep or uh, WOW Waterdeep, uh, depending on the, um, uh, depending on the, uh, the service. Great. So. That's where all the news is, is coming out. Uh, and yeah, looking for, for more feedback over the next uh, couple of months and hopefully yeah. honing this into a sharp point to go exactly. directly into your exactly. phone. But you know, still safely. You know, you can handle safely. safely. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to stab yourself with your phone. That's never a good no, thing. No, 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 no. That'd be bad. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried. Uh, a yeah, we, of times. Have, uh, we have concept art previews. Uh, you know, so there's a, there's a, there's a fine line, right? It's Canadian soft launch. So we don't want to give away the store <laughs> during, over the course of the Canada. So we're saving some surprises, obviously, Neat. but there's, uh, some, uh, there's some previews. There's downloadable wallpaper. Uh, uh, if I could turn on the screen that's behind me, uh, nope. Uh, there's <laughs> on the here, PC. just enter your password. No one, no one's watching. One, two, three, four, five. That's the same password on my luggage. That's so weird. Oh, no, it's weird. But I said it in French, so it's completely impenetrable. <laughs> Nobody's going to get it. Nobody understands French in this world. Uh, so there's, um, uh, so we have, uh, we have this you know, giant red dragon logo. We have wallpaper for your, uh, for your mobile devices and for oh, your cool. Warriors of Waterdeep.com. That's great. I didn't know that. I'm going to totally download that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, go download it. And we have one of our uh, preview uh, preview videos, uh, one of our trailers on there, which is kind of fun because it was an old trailer video. So already I could, you know, I look at it. It's cool to look at, but I look at it going, oh, we changed that bit already. Oh, right. You know, these things are always, uh, always evolving. It's pretty cool. Totally ignore that one. That one's not there anymore. Yeah. That one's not there anymore. It's okay. <laughs> we didn't like that color brown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the little things that go into uh, uh, making or breaking some things is crazy. Like just like you're changing a color, and then all of a sudden people are like, "Oh yeah, this is a great, uh, uh, you know, dragon or something like that." If it just had a you know little bit of a different shade on the pixels, and all of a sudden more people respond to it than other people don't. It's uh, it's it's wild how uh, how uh, fandom works. How just people perceive things and perceive value. It's hard to, it's hard to guess. And also, you know, we're super close to it, right? We're in the trenches making the, you know, making the game and, you know, uh, you know, living the dream a little bit. Wow. We get to play in this huge world. There's so much, there's so much stuff to do it. And yet always take, always uh, making the effort to, uh, to test it with other people, to take a step back and make sure that we're bringing new people in, right? Because yeah. this game is intended to, uh, for, the casual um, mobile RPG fan and to bring them into this cool world as much as it is to, uh, you know, sort of uh, highlight a different experience for uh, the established D&D fan. Nice. I love it. Well, thanks, uh, Steve, for all the great work you're putting into uh, making this game awesome. Uh, I can't wait to share it with more people outside of the North American amazing country of, of Canada. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I don't know. I hope your, your, your storm Kings thunder session uh, or, or campaign continues to go well. <laughs>
don't read ahead or don't listen to Dice Camera Action. Uh, uh, you know, season two, if you want to oh. <laughs> avoid spoilers. I'll take it. I'll take it off the. Uh, I'll take it off the list. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for being on. I think you're actually going to be on uh, Dragon Plus soon. Is that right? With yes. Mark Carroll? Yes. Yeah, with uh, Mark Carroll, we'll uh, be on. Uh, we'll be on Dragon Plus, and we'll have uh, maybe some things to show. So that'll be pretty cool. Excellent. So, uh, Twitch folks, I think you're, you're going to be on that tomorrow, or is that the next week? Uh, next week. Next week. Uh, so Twitch uh, listeners, uh, or viewers, rather, uh, you'll be able to watch that next week. But those of you listening to this in podcast form, uh, you can go back and look at that video on demand in case you wanted to see uh, live gameplay in action uh, and or uh, some video trailers and some visuals from Warriors of Waterdeep, uh, which should be great. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Steve. And uh, right. we'll, we'll be in touch with you soon. All right. Au revoir. All right. Oh man! Even listening to an interview from uh, from so long ago, uh, it it makes me cringe. <laughs> it makes me miss Shelley. Miss Shelley. I hope she's enjoying and listening to this one from afar because she can actually listen to it uh, since uh, she's not involved in any of these intros. Um, but we miss her dearly. You should go follow her at Shelley Moo uh, and uh, tell her that she needs to come back and help me out uh, as soon as she can. Uh, I asked her to see if she wanted to call in and do. Uh, an interview or even this this intros and outros segment via uh, Colin, but then uh, you know I, I got the sense that that was that was a no go when she was on vacation, which makes me feel a little bit sad that she's not dedicated to ruining her vacations as much as I am. Hmm. Yeah, well, we see how it is, but. We lift, we lift her up. We lift everything up as uh, we get excited about uh, lifting up the entire and celebrating the entire D&D community at D&D Live 2019 that sent. Uh, I don't want to uh, speak too much out of turn, but I think me and Shelly are going to be there doing some interviews, Dragon Talk style, which should be a lot of fun uh, from the miniature studios that we will be uh, showcasing all type of fun content uh, over the course of those uh, two, the two days, Saturdays and Sunday um, uh, in LA. So again, that's May 17th, 18th, and 19th in Los Angeles. Go check out uh, dnd.wizards.com slash dndlive for more information. Uh, and uh, we'll be opening up ticket sales for that on April 9th uh, at around 10 a.m. Pacific time. So uh, mark your calendars, get ready, get, grab yourself a ticket, a three-day badge uh, that will get you everything you need and then you'll be able to plan out um, your, your, your day uh, a little bit more as we open up more of the, the ticketing solutions. Uh, meaning, you know, you can get the badge but then you can also get individual tickets for each of uh, the uh, uh, D&D Epic events that you'll be able to play in uh, as well as signings and things like that um, so that uh, we can we can kind of control when people are going and leaving and uh, organizing their, their day, as I said. So should be tons of fun. There'll be lots of gourmet food trucks you can buy food at. There'll be uh, lots of Dungeons & Dragons loot that you can purchase from all of our partners. There's going to be I think in total 14 partners uh, coming to this event. Uh, so it's been, a, it's been a bear putting it all together. We'll talk more about it uh, over the course of the next uh, few episodes as we gear up for D&D Live 2019, The Descent, May 17th, 18th, and 19th in LA. I think I've repeated that enough times. I'm only going to repeat it 14 million more times uh, as the course of this day goes on. Uh, and maybe if I say it one more time, that rock that I see above me won't fall on me. Uh, so I'm going to say it. Oh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, uh.